0: Episode number 41. We're going to talk about robbery prevention and some of the things we could do to reduce the violence at late-night restaurants.
1: This is the Crime School Radio Show, where industry experts discuss the business of fighting crime and prevention strategies for making places safe. Leading today's discussion is security expert, Chris McGoey.
0: Welcome to Crime School. An armed robbery of a retail store or late night restaurant is one of the most dangerous and violent things that could occur. Anything can and has happened from homicide all the way down to some aggravated assault, not lessening the effect of the scare from having a gun pointed in your face. I'm here to tell you it's happened to me almost 50 years ago while working at a liquor store. I had a robber come in, stick a gun in my face, and using very loud, harsh, and foul language demanded money under the threat of death. So that's not something that you forget about. I'm sure I'll remember that incident until the end of my days. Now, in preparing for the show, I also thought back that since that time, I've been involved in trying to figure out how to prevent these late-night armed robberies for over four decades. And every time I think that I know a lot about what's in their mind and how to stop them, something new happens, some new twist or something unusual. One thing I discovered long, long ago is you can't think logically about people that are willing to come in and commit a felony, arm robbery, stick a gun in someone's face, threaten to kill them, and sometimes do so. Especially knowing that most of these guys, and when I say guys, most of them are males, young males, at the time of the robbery, they're under the influence of something, alcohol, drugs, or a combination of both. So we can't count on these guys to be intelligent, to be thoughtful, We can't think reliably that they might behave in a certain way if we could do things and present ourselves in a certain way to, quote, deter them. Even though we think we know a lot about deterring armed robbery, and we've been successful many, many times over the years, it's just not with a high degree of certainty that we can make that claim. So what's kind of driving the story today? I got a call from the Houston Chronicle from the public safety reporter named Andrew Craigie. He's telling me that recently they had a serial robber hitting restaurants this time in the city of Houston, and that the last one ended in a shootout with the police. And what made the story even bigger, just an hour before, there was three other takeover-style robberies of those larger, casual restaurants like a Denny's. In fact, I think it was a Denny's. So this reporter and the readers of the Houston Chronicle newspaper want to know, how often are these fast food restaurants and late night casual restaurants targeted by robbers? And what could restaurants in the city of Houston do to better secure their facilities and make them safer for the public and the employees that work there? So that's the basis of our show today. So let me get Andrew Craigie on the phone with the Houston Chronicle. Stay with me. I'll be right back. So I understand you have a problem with robberies at fast food restaurants.
1: So we've had some pretty terrible ones recently and, and a shootout that came after when, when um, police followed and interrupted a burglary, or sorry, not a burglary, a, a armed robbery.
0: Well, armed robberies at fast food restaurants is not a new phenomenon in Houston.
1: What's Houston's reputation?
0: Well, there are certainly parts of Houston that are very high crime, as you know, if you're working for the Houston Chronicle. Fast food restaurants, uh, like convenience stores and other locations, are frequent targets of armed robbers. If you think about the nature of a fast food restaurant, it's largely a cash-based business. It's open late hours, if not 24 hours, and they're often located on major thoroughfares or or right-off freeway uh, on-ramps or off-ramps for convenience Mm sake. So what makes it convenient for the customers to get access to these places and, quote, access to fast food also makes it good for armed robbers. They want the same thing. They want to get in and out quickly, and they mainly want cash. So it's kind of a natural target.
1: So is there an understanding of who typically targets fast food rest restaurants? Is it often, you know, serial, serial robbers organizing the crews? Or um, do they, does this tend to get more into the crimes of
0: opportunity? Fast food restaurant robberies is not a new phenomenon. The major chains have been tracking robberies for, for decades at least uh, probably four decades that I'm aware of since I've been working with them. So they know which fast food restaurants are more likely to be robbed than others. They're going to know which day of the week is more likely. They're going to know what time of day is more likely. They're going to mm-hmm. know how many robbers typically come in. They're going to know if they're male or female. They're going to know if they're carrying guns or knives or, or how they approach. They could tell you with, mm-hmm. with a high degree of accuracy where the robbers going to stand. Or in the case of drive throughs if they drive up with a vehicle. So all of that is known, whether the robber wears a mask or not, or glasses, or attempts to disguise themselves. All those things have happened so many times before that there's really a a profile of who a typical armed robber is. Now to answer your question, yes, fast food restaurant robberies can be serial in nature. Certain robbers, if They have the need for for cash for whatever the reasons, drugs, travel, even to pay the rent. They may keep robbing until they have that fixed amount of money that they have in mind. Robbers like to be comfortable, strange as that may seem. They like to rob places that they're comfortable with. They've been in before or they've robbed before. I see it quite frequently that the same robber or group of robbers will rob the same place, like a subway sandwich shop. They may like those because of the size of it, of the fact that there might only be one or maybe two clerks on duty, Mm -hmm. that they're trained to be cooperative and just fork over the money as soon as you make the demand. They may like that. They may Mm -hmm. keep robbing subway restaurants. Same way with the other chains. They may like a particular chain. Now, I know in Houston they've had a problem uh, recently. I think they've been targeting uh, even restaurants like a Denny's or an IHOP. Mm-hmm. And it goes along the same way. The robbers uh, favor those sometimes. They like the fact that there's not as much traffic in and out. They like the fact that the cashier is somewhat remote from the rest of the customers. They might have a preference. They also got a preference for the amount of money that they can get. And this, mm-hmm. this is the biggie. If a robber robs, let's say, a McDonald's tonight, and there's four open cash registers in that McDonald's, and they get over $1,000 or more, they're gonna be back. And they're gonna Mm -hmm. think that all McDonald's restaurants have $1,000 or more in the drawers at any given time. And they may tell some friends, and they may go out. So that's kinda how it starts, is the reputation on the street. You know, What's the word on the street? What's the easy target? So the amount of available cash, is probably number one in my mind. Their escape route is really number two in my mind. How quickly and easily can they escape once they commit the robbery? You can almost go to a map where the robberies have occurred in Greater Houston. and If you put pins in the map, you'll probably see that they're located near major thoroughfares or maybe mm-hmm. right, right adjacent to highways just mm-hmm. for that reason. So they could commit the robbery, get in their car, and they could be miles away in minutes. So they know when the police are called, they're going to respond directly to the location of the robbery, right? hmm By then, the robbers are going in the opposite direction. Well, was I correct in that most of the robberies recently occur near uh, major highways or thoroughfares?
1: Yes, yes. So much so that even if you dropped the line of the highway from the map, you could still tell where the highway runs just by the pinpoints of the robberies.
0: Yeah. So this is not a Houston phenomenon. This is everywhere. Every major city has the same scenario, and, you, and they could, it's foreseeable in that way. And mm-hmm. trust me, all the chains, all the major chains and their corporate offices know this. They know it from years and years of experience. And for all the decades I was involved in the convenience store industry, we had the same issue. So it's, this knowledge is out there. So the question is, what do you do about it? How do you make your mm-hmm. restaurants less attractive? You talked
1: about cash management uh, as being perhaps most important.
0: That's kind of the target, isn't it? They're coming in to get your cash. So I think a secret is if if in some way you could communicate to these robbers before they pull the gun and make their demand that there's very little money here, if there's a way of doing that, you're going to lessen your risk of being a robbery victim. You know. So how do, you, how do they do that? If you could delay the escape route in some manner, and these guys check out your location as a potential target. If they view that it's a tougher location to rob because of escape routes, then they're going to reevaluate and, and many will simply go someplace else. If you could increase their risk of being caught, none of these robbers think they're going to be caught. Otherwise, they wouldn't do it, right? Mm-hmm. Or they think the risk is low. So as you add video surveillance cameras, there's a certain percentage of robbers that won't rob the uh, restaurant simply because they're afraid of being caught on camera and arrested. Others, if you can communicate that there's very little money in the drawer, they won't rob the restaurant, they'll rob some other place. We did that in the convenience store industry decades ago by putting signs on the door, right, that the, the, uh, they can't open the safe, uh, all large bills are dropped in the safe, we keep, keep very little money on hand, you don't accept large bills, so fast food restaurants are taking $100 bills for just an ordinary purchase of a meal, that's excessive because you need a lot of change to, to break that bill. And then if the potential robbers who made that purchase, they see that 100 go in the drawer, or if you lift up the tray and they see the bill go into the tray, they know when they come back, either a few minutes or hours later, there's going to be hundreds and hundreds of dollars, not just in that one register, but possibly every register in the restaurant. How frequent
1: are takeover-style robberies where where customers are also held up?
0: Well, that's the least favorite and the least frequent. They don't happen that often. It takes a special class of robber and a certain crew to do that. Uh, Usually it's more than one robber. It's going to be multiple robbers to accomplish that. To try to have everybody under control and all the employees under control is just more risky of uh, having to, you know, could lead to violence. They, they don't want to shoot anybody if they don't have to. So it's just something that they would rather not do. They'd rather find a restaurant with pure staff on duty. That's why oftentimes they they choose the smaller restaurants that have a, a less amount of staff. The Houston
1: Police Department has said that Subway consistently outnumbers any other chain by a fair amount. Um, looks like, you know, while there might be four Denny's in it- robbed them up, there are 10 Subways. And I'm wondering if that might have something to do with it, that they are usually smaller stores, both fewer staff and easier to tell when there are no customers, that kind of thing.
0: It exactly has something to do with it. Subway restaurants, and I hate to pick on Subway, but they've been one of the highest robbed franchises for four decades. And I remember Hmm. in Los Angeles, they astronomically were robbed more than any other Fast food uh, chain. Because of that, it's a small store as you recognize. They're usually in small shopping centers or strip centers. You could park your car outside and see right inside, so you could see when it's busy Mm. or not. You could see how many clerks are on duty. They usually have one or two at the most staff on duty. They're often young, and it's largely a cash-based business. And the employees are trained when a robber comes in and points a gun just to hand over the money. So a robber can come in very fast, make their demand, they're going to get paid, and they're going to be out in no time and, and down the road. Once they get a taste of robbing something like a subway, they'll continue. They'll go back to another subway and then another and then another, expecting to get the same cooperation and, and the same amount of cash.
1: Mm. So it sounds like people... Some, some robbers will develop a taste for a particular chain.
0: Without a doubt. Without a doubt, they have favorites. Once they get used to a chain, like I said, they get comfortable. <laughs> they get familiar with how much money they're going to get. They're going to stick with it. And they know right where to stand. They know the <sighs> whole drill.
1: We had in, I want to say, February, this really heartbreaking one where an 18-year-old promising high school student, you know, worked there with his mom. His mom was his co-worker and they were getting held up with a firearm, and he stepped in front of his mom, you know, trying to protect her, and he was fatally shot. Uh, and it just that one really drew, you know, attention to the heartbreaking mother-son thing. And who knows, maybe those are the same people who've gotten used to robbing.
0: There are hundreds of stories like that, and I won't bore you with, uh, with telling you those, but there's many, many stories of, like that, of a young person working at a fast-food restaurant just trying to make some pocket money while going to school, and in comes a robber. They're just not prepared for it. They weren't trained well enough for it. The owners of the franchise or the business didn't secure it very well. They didn't bother to put in security cameras, for example, or invest in the training to allow them to keep the cash low or have a drop-safe system.
1: I mean, one thing I saw in some of the literature that I was getting into is the question of, visible security cameras, that they have a deterrent effect for some, but then the counter-argument is that they might encourage, you know, masking or that makes it harder to identify the uh, perpetrator.
0: Yeah, all those things are true. I think if you were to prioritize it, video cameras are definitely a worthwhile investment. They definitely work. They're definitely a deterrent, but not to everyone. Now, the, the poorly motivated robber or the baby robber is really gonna be worried about video cameras, and that will be reason enough for them not to rob that particular fast food restaurant and go to another one, if you have an adequate number of, of highly visible video cameras. Others, as you mentioned, will simply put a mask on. But a mask disguises your face. It doesn't cover up the clothing that you're wearing, maybe the watch that you're wearing, whether you're left-handed or right-handed, whether you have a mustache or not, whether you know, many things. And it's funny that robbers are sometimes caught a week later wearing the identical clothing to the Mm -hmm. robbery attire. It's helpful in many ways. The robbers know that videos from video cameras make the nightly news. Sometimes some of their friends will know that it's them, even with a mask on, and they'll call up and rat them out just to get the reward. So what Mm. they do, if they can get the robber off the street, even if it's days or weeks later, it just does that. It gets a robber off the street. He's not going to be robbing other fast food restaurants. So they definitely work in that regard.
1: If you were talking with not a franchise owner, but a, you know, a, a subway employee who does the closing shift, how would you would advise them to improve their safety and, and try to both deter and survive robberies?
0: Well, I don't, I don't work that way. I don't talk to the employees of a business, you know, without the owners being involved. The owners have to be directly involved. The owners have to make the business safe from a physical standpoint, from a policy procedure standpoint, and then, then needs to train their own staff in the identical fashion. The mm-hmm. employees need to practice good cash control, first and foremost, on every shift, not mm-hmm. just the night shift where the robberies mm-hmm. are likely to occur. There's no reason to be taking large bills. Because you and there's no reason for you to have a lot of cash in the drawer to make change for large bills. Places like Subway restaurants should have drop safes. So any twenty dollar bills immediately get dropped in the safe. I believe the safe should be visible. I think the customers who come in and present the twenty should see that money going down the safe that the clerk cannot open. So any potential robber, because many robbers who turn out to be robbers are also customers. They might have came in earlier that day and bought a sandwich, and they might have presented mm-hmm. a 50 just to see where it goes. You've stood in tried to cash registers. You've watched the drawer open, right? And you see mm-hmm. the money in there. Have you ever seen a drawer that was full of 20s and 10s and or worse? I've seen, when,
1: like you talked about on the podcast, when they lift it up and that's where the bills are.
0: The bills are underneath, and I don't know if you can hardly close it because it's so stuffed. That just sends a signal. That word, trust me, gets out on the street that this is a good target. Now, they may see that during the day, that bad practice. And at night, they may have a different practice, but the, the robbers don't know that. They, they didn't get that memo. And that poor uh, high school student that's working there in the evenings may be trying to operate safely, but the, the day shift or the swing shift kind of you know, blew up. They, they sent the wrong message out there and made him at risk. So on every ship, everyone needs to practice good cash handling.
1: How, how do restaurants, you know, whether fast food or, or otherwise, how do they compare as like relative frequency of Target versus um, hotels or, or convenience stores, for example?
0: Well, hotels is a completely different category. Fast food restaurants are on par with convenience stores. Convenience stores, I think, uh, probably edge them out slightly in frequency simply because they're really designed to be fast. They're designed to park your car at the door, just to run in, get what you want, or commit the robbery and get out. Mm-hmm. Uh, fast food restaurants, depending on the chain, if they have seating, for example, tables, you're, it's, it's likely that you're going to have uh, customers in there eating their meal, and those create additional witnesses that robbers don't like. But sometimes the fast food restaurants have worse cash handling, meaning they have more available cash. And if they have multiple registers, there might be money in every drawer. So they they believe that they can make a much bigger score by robbing fast food restaurants with more employees and more witnesses. So it's that old balancing act, it's that risk-reward thing. If they think the risk of robbing a fast food restaurant with more witnesses is gonna give them a bigger reward, or more cash, that's what they're going to do.
1: Well, thank you so much for, for giving some decades of expertise to, to give this more more heft and, and accuracy. I, I appreciate your time.
0: Well, good luck with the story. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I try to present a variety of educational topics, but keeping with the theme of Making Places Safe for People and Property. Share these episodes to attract others who may want to learn and benefit from this content. Thank you for participating in Crime School and for doing your part in making places safe. This is the Crime School Radio
1: Show with your host, Chris McGowey we invite you to comment on today's topic and join the Crime School community. For more information and show notes from this episode, please visit CrimeSchool.com.